Well, good morning and welcome to worship today. Thank you for joining us online uh, during this season of renovation. So uh, however we are scattered in our communities, we know uh, that by the very power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the word in our lives that the Lord continues uh, to call and gather us and bless us uh, through his rich provision uh, with his scriptures, uh, with the sacrament, uh, but certainly um, with the knowledge uh, that he has not left us or forsaken us, uh, but continues to keep us connected as the body of Christ. So grateful for your presence, uh, even online, for your support and for your prayers uh, during this season uh, as we continue our sanctuary renovation and prepare to uh, welcome you back uh, in, uh, to, or onto the campus uh, to uh, continue our life of worship together. A couple of announcements, though, uh, for us this morning before we do get started. A reminder that uh, worship materials all are available uh, via distribution on Saturday mornings, but you have to sign up for that uh, email. If you're not signed up for that email, uh, please know uh, that you can go to our website at hcdallas.org, uh, click uh, the uh, link to sign up to the weekly email, and uh, you will begin to receive uh, the worship materials, uh, which you can use uh, along with us. Uh, in our time of worship uh, during uh, during Sunday mornings. Uh, a couple other announcements. If you are on Facebook, uh, don't forget uh, during worship, feel free to participate uh, by leaving a comment, a praise, an hallelujah, right? Uh, giving thanks to Jesus uh, for what he is doing in your life of faith. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know that you're there uh, and that the Lord is also working in your life. So uh, keep us updated uh, along the way. Uh, but also uh, pay attention uh, to Facebook, if you would, over the next couple of weeks, because we're getting ready for Lent. Um, that's going to start Ash Wednesday, uh, February 17th. And uh, we're going to release some information regarding Lent and how we're going to uh, go about uh, uh, that season of Lent together. And so uh, watch Facebook and email and the website uh, for that. Also, uh, speaking of Facebook, uh, you may have seen uh, yesterday that I posted a couple video or video and a couple pictures uh, concerning uh, the food, uh, food distribution uh, that we did yesterday. Uh, we were able to uh, give out over 200 boxes of food to needy families in our community. Uh, please know that the next distribution is going to be February 6th, and our goal uh, for that distribution is 300 boxes of food uh, to folks in our community. Uh, but we need volunteers uh, it's for that because it's a, it's a big job. And so if... Uh, uh, you're available. We would love to have you for about an hour, an hour and a half on a Saturday morning uh, to help uh, carry boxes uh, to the cars uh, and load the cars uh, with those uh, food. The food is provided um, uh, by the American Prosperity Fund. Uh, it's a local uh, nonprofit in our area who uh, we have just begun to partner with. And uh, let's see what the Lord is up to. So have no fear. You can still volunteer uh, in 2021 and uh, we'll keep you properly uh, socially distanced um, as well as uh, masked and gloves. So anyway, would love to have you join us uh, for that. So uh, again, uh, sign up for the email if you don't already receive it uh, so that you can participate with us. Uh, whether uh, you're joining us live here this morning or uh, later on in the day or later on in the week. It is a blessing uh, as the people of God, uh, even uh, during this season, uh, that he still calls and gathers us and blesses us together. All right. Well, we're going to begin then our service, uh, which is on page one uh, of, or page two, excuse me, of our service uh, folder. And that begins with our confession and assurance of God's love. And so I invite you as you're able to participate with me uh, in this responsive reading. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just let us then confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. And the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ, was given to die for us. 
and for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. May the Lord, who has begun this good work in us, bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We continue now with our opening hymn, Christ, whose glory fills the skies. page three. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, grateful that uh, though we are scattered into our communities, you continue by the very power of your Holy Spirit and the very presence of your word in our lives to connect us, uh, to enrich our life, uh, to equip our life, and to call us uh, into a life of service to those around us. We thank you for loving us, for bringing us the forgiveness of sins and the reality of life everlasting in Jesus our Lord and Savior. So we now uh, pray uh, that you would bless the hearing of the word, Lord, not only to our edification, uh, Lord, but to your glory. And it's in your son's name, all God's people say, amen. amen. All right, well, we continue with our responsive reading from Psalm 62. The psalmist writes, for God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation. My fortress, I shall not be greatly shaken. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. My fortress, I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust from him in all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. And the balances they go up, they are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust on extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God. And that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love. For you will render to a man according to his work. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Our second reading uh, this morning comes to us uh, from the book of Jonah, chapter 3. Jonah sent to Nineveh. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey. And he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth, from the greatest of them to the least of them. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. This is the word of the Lord. 
And lastly, uh, we conclude our readings from the gospel this morning. Got, uh, Mark chapter 1, the baptism of Jesus. Mark writes, John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. This is the Gospel of the Lord. team and certainly uh, to Bill and our tech team here who have uh, given their time uh, to help make this possible for all of us. So praise God for the gift of music. 
Let's turn then to the gift of the word in our lives as God's people, and I invite you before uh, we do so, let's uh, bow our heads uh, either here or at home and have a brief uh, word of prayer. Heavenly Father, grateful, uh, Lord, that uh, this gift is here for us today, this gift of scripture. And grateful, too, that your scripture reminds us that you are doing a good work within us. And so we continue to pray that uh, the Holy Spirit make us sensitive to that good work, but also responsive. Um, may we be found, uh, Lord, differently uh, tomorrow uh, than we are today, because you are working within us to accomplish your purposes and plans uh, for our good and your glory. And so uh, we offer up ourselves to you, those whom we love, uh, and uh, continue uh, to anticipate um, the completion um, of our own personal renovation. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, uh, grace and peace and mercy to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Can I get a loud amen at home? <laughs> um, we are in week three of our renovation uh, sermon series, a series meant to coincide with our sanctuary renovation, where we have this vision of a, a renovated church, right? A, a space that's been changed in the, in the positive sense, a good work being done within the building. Scripture does too. But not just about buildings, right? But about you and about me, about us. Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, in a sense, we can say we're being renovated, right? Uh, remodeled, worked on, changed by the power of the, uh, the Holy Spirit into Christ-likeness, all right? Not to be Christ. Uh, but called to be like him in a human sense. In fact, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14 and in other places of Scripture, imitate me as I imitate Christ. All right, so we are called to be imitators of God. So we're in our fellowship hall. We're, we're worshiping virtually together, but still anticipating this good work, both not only in the building, but also in us. It's a win-win, even in a pandemic. But you have the text before you on page five of uh, the worship materials. Uh, let me go ahead and read it for you. Uh, and this will be the text for today's message. Paul writes this in Philippians chapter three, beginning at verse 12. He says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Then verse 15, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. All right. So if you do have page five in front of you in your worship materials, you can see that there is a lot there, all right, uh, to work with this week. Now, I'm not going to go through all those points uh, that are there, but I think seeing the structure of the passage is helpful uh, to the reader. This big picture then allows you uh, perhaps to, to pick out a smaller image within it uh, to focus on for yourself. And that's what I want to do this morning for us as a congregation and specifically want to focus uh, on the one right there in the middle, the one right there called direction. All right, that's verse 13, part C of verse 13, forgetting what is behind. And I think it's appropriate uh, for us to talk about direction because whether one is arguing over the direction of a nation or, or asking the Lord for direction and next steps in our personal lives, as the people of God, we are to, as verse 13c reminds us, forget what is behind and strain toward what is ahead. Or, in a literal reading of the text, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. So what does Paul mean by this in this chapter of Philippians? Well, think about it this way. Paul is differentiating between someone who is controlled by their past versus someone who is looking towards the future. 
All right, let's say it again. Paul is differentiating between someone who is controlled by their past versus someone who is looking towards the future. The idea being that those who are controlled by their past are stuck, they're directionless, uh, perhaps even headed for trouble. Think of it this way. Paul, if you're an avid reader of him, loves, you have recognized, athletic metaphors or analogies, athletic images to convey his messages. So you could think of this section of scripture in terms of a, a track meet, if you will, uh, where runners, perhaps a, a relay race, right? The four by 100 or, or whatever it may be. And the exchange of the baton do not look back, but instead are always looking forward. Why? Well, because looking back during the handoff of the baton often causes the runner in the front to step out of his or her lane, right? Uh, it may even cause them to drop the baton, right? And that decrease in speed then becomes uh, for them uh, a loss of place at the finish line. <laughs> Same can be said for the cyclist uh, who looks behind him or her, or even when you drive a car, you know you cannot move forward by always looking over behind you, right? Uh, <laughs> we end up sort of taking the wheel to the left or to the right. Jesus says in Luke 9, he says this, uh, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom because when looking back while plowing means that the furrow is unlikely to be straight and, fur and um, uh, crooked furrows are no friends of farmers, right? So you get the idea. But let me first say this before moving forward because this is critical. The reason God's forgiveness is so powerful for us and the reason why this forgiveness within us allows us to look ahead and to leave behind is that it allows us to forgive ourselves and leave behind those things we wish to forget but maybe can't, right? To leave behind the dead weight of our lives and live in the freedom and grace of God's love and power. So forgiveness is meant to assure us of our salvation. Absolutely. It cements it for us, if you will. But we often think of forgiveness as something that is meant just for out there somewhere after we die. But this idea of forgiveness and the freedom that we find in forgiveness is so much more for us, right? Because the work of Jesus on our behalf is meant to take all those things in our past that could become unbearable burdens, and take them from us. Even our past sins, even what we might call grievous sins, our shame, our disappointments, our, our doubts, and anything that might weigh us down, chain us down and prevent us from moving forward as a child of God and a disciple of Jesus. The forgiveness of God in Christ Jesus is a chain breaker. That's why Jesus' message is so powerful. It addresses the past, it addresses the present, and prepares us for the future, right? But it, but it is also very challenging because then we have to learn to let go of the past as the people of God and begin to see ourselves as Jesus sees us. We're challenged to learn to return what, uh, what was to him who is. So if you're a follower of Jesus and you're struggling with your past, still feeling guilty over something or even thinking that you're not worthy of God's love, that needs to be addressed. Because you're believing a, a, a lie that you are telling yourself or someone else is telling you. You are normalizing that thinking in your head which is antithetical to what you believe and what you've been taught. That you are deeply loved and deeply cared for and if you believe anything less than that, then we need to talk. <laughs> I mean, maybe you've fallen into the trap of moralism. Perhaps where you think God's acceptance of you is dependent on right behavior or right living, whatever that is, right? And because you don't live right, well, then God doesn't accept you or welcome you or love you. Or perhaps there's people who around you seem to have it all together and they're perfect, right? And because you know you're not, you feel less than acceptable. 
Again, another misunderstanding of what it means to be called by God to the cross of Jesus and find in him his forgiveness and his finished work. Because brothers and sisters, moralism and perfectionism, they're just human idols that are false idols, leaning us away from the grace and forgiveness and reliance on the power of God through the person and work of Jesus. Leading us away from being able to accept ourselves for who we are in Christ. Yes, actions have consequences, and we're called to a life which reflects the love of Christ. But in that life, also find that Christ's love applies to us as well. And we're called to live in that freedom of that love. So Paul, Paul points out it's important that we as followers of Jesus not allow the past to chain us to the present, thereby preventing us from moving forward into the future God has planned whether it's individually as a follower of Jesus or perhaps even corporately as a church body gathered at a specific location, time. Now, think about it this way. In the Bible, to forget doesn't mean to fail to remember, okay? To forget doesn't mean to fail to remember. Uh, Apart from a, a tragedy such as Alzheimer's or dementia, we don't necessarily forget our past especially if something traumatic has happened. Those memories get stored away, and sometimes they they snake their way to the front, right? We all wish we could erase some things. So to forget or forgetting, as Paul writes, means we are no longer influenced or affected by our past. Think about it this way. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17, the author reminds us of God's promise to us. Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. Right? The author's not suggesting God has a bad memory. (laughs) Okay? Uh, That's impossible with God. But God is saying, I will no longer hold their sins against them. Their sins do not affect their standing with me or my attitude towards them. So, forgetting what is behind then and straining toward what is ahead does not suggest this impossible uh, feat of mental or theological gymnastics by which we try to erase the sins and mistakes of the past or God won't love us. Brothers and sisters, Jesus has already done that for us. It simply means that we break the power of the past by living in the forgiveness of of Christ for the future. Or said another way, we cannot change the past, but we can change the meaning of the past. Let me give you an example from Paul's life, all right? In his letter uh, to Timothy, he says this in the first chapter, beginning at verse 12. He says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Listen, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. So Paul lists himself as a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. And you and I could uh, strike a line through those three uh, 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 adjectives, if you will, and perhaps insert our own uh, uh, experiences or things that we have done and we thought we could never find forgiveness for. Because Paul says, the grace of our Lord is poured out on me abundantly. The grace of our Lord is poured out on you uh, abundantly. And then he goes on to say this in verse 15 and following. Here's a trustworthy saying, Timothy, that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus saved sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example of those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. And so remember, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Paul says the same thing to Timothy as well as to you and to me. But he says, so that he might serve as an example to those who would believe. So Paul is an example to you and to me and to the church across the ages about someone who who was not uh, burdened by their past, but found that freedom to live in the forgiveness of Jesus for the present in preparation for the future. Paul had things in his past that could have anchored him, weighed on him so heavily to hold him back. But instead, the grace and mercy of God empowered him to speed ahead, 
the events had not somehow magically changed, but he now saw them differently because he saw them through the work of Jesus. And that's that big game changer. But to see your life through the work of Jesus, not through the past, the, the lens of your past, or perhaps even your present. But to see that we can find forgiveness in Christ and that in that forgiveness in Christ, we are able then to forgive ourselves. So if you struggle with forgiving yourself or seeing yourself as great worth to God, then say yes to that invitation from Jesus to trade with him your past for his present reality. Here's another challenge to consider. And you know how I like to put in the worship materials, uh, things for you to consider the week ahead, perhaps uh, to help you in your devotional life. But think, if you will, of Genesis 45 and the story of Joseph. Maybe you know uh, the Old Testament well enough and have heard uh, of this uh, young man and this uh, servant of Pharaoh, but uh, servant of God. But if you go to Genesis chapter 45 and read the first 15 verses, uh, you'll learn that Joseph is sold into slavery by his brothers, imprisoned, and eventually uh, finds himself serving Pharaoh. Yet when his brothers are found visiting Pharaoh's kingdom, Joseph keeps his identity secret before his brothers who do not recognize him All right, later in life. But even when he told them the truth about who he was and revealed uh, his identity to them, right? I am your brother whom you sold into slavery. He did not hold that against them. Where he could have brought about their death, their execution by his positional authority to Pharaoh, he saw the past and his relationship with his brothers from God's point of view. Because Joseph, in faith, believed that God had a plan for his life. So Joseph could break the power of the past and run the race the Lord had set out before him. Again, read those first 15 verses of Genesis 45 to see how powerful living like this can be. Not just for Joseph, but for his brothers and certainly for you and for me. So perhaps you're thinking, well, there are people in my life I need to move on from in this sense, right? God is calling me, if you will, to step back into his plan for my life and, and, and wants me to experience uh, the wholeness that I can find in Jesus by experience this grace of Christ to help break the hold the past has over us. You see, too many of us are shackled by regrets. We're trying to run the race of life looking backward. No wonder we sometimes stumble and fall and take others down with us. Have you ever seen a, a pack of runners uh, and one runner admits in the middle of the pack of falls? <laughs> it's a pretty ugly uh, sight on the track. But for us, for us today, we leave behind what is. And those things which are before us, those things, brothers and sisters, now take their place. In the name of Jesus, amen. As uh, we continue our service and pray uh, soon uh, for ourselves uh, to leave behind uh, those things uh, which encumber our life of faith, uh, we will uh, continue with our confession of faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page six, but a couple additional prayer requests before we get to our time of prayer. Uh, we want to remember a former but longtime member, Nancy Benfer, uh, who is hospitalized after experiencing a stroke. So praying for Nancy Benfer. Many of you know her uh, very well. Uh, also want to remember Marjorie Bompsch and her family upon the passing of her brother, Jerry. Uh, Jerry Patchke, uh, we've been praying for uh, the past few months, and uh, Jerry went home to be with the Lord uh, over the weekend, and so we commend uh, Jerry's extended family, including Marjorie Bomsch, uh, Reuben, and Connie uh, in our prayers this week. So uh, as you're able, uh, we're going to continue then uh, with our confession of faith with Christians around the world and across the ages uh, in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. 
On the third day, he rose again, and he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, as uh, we come before you, again, we're grateful for this opportunity uh, to commend ourselves to you, to commend those whom we love, to commend our communities, our places of work, our schools, to commend our, our leaders at the, the local and state and national level, to give thanks uh, that even in the midst of a uh, pandemic, uh, such as is being experienced by the world, uh, we are reminded of your promises to us that never will you leave us or forsake us. And that because we have received Christ, because we've been baptized into his shed blood and resurrection, uh, Lord, you have worked faith within us uh, and brought us the reality of salvation. And so we give thanks for that. And it's based upon the person and work, Heavenly Father, of Jesus that we come before you this morning and offer up prayers on behalf of our brothers and sisters. We certainly uh, pray for Marjorie Bompsch and her uh, extended family as they mourn the loss of her brother Jerry. We pray you'd bring them the peace which surpasses all their understanding, that you'd guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and continue to comfort them, Lord, in the knowledge of Jerry's salvation and the, the knowledge that they will see him again. Lord, bring them, even in the midst of grief, uh, great joy uh, in knowing your love uh, as they mourn their loss. Lord, we pray for Nancy uh, in her uh, situation and particularly remember to her as a longtime member uh, here at our congregation asking that you would use the doctors and nurses and uh, medical technology, the gifts of those things to, to bring, uh, Lord, uh, peace to her and her family at this time in her life, uh, that she would be, uh, be made comfortable and, uh, Lord, as it is your will, um, uh, uh, be healed uh, for your glory and her good. And so as we commend her to you, we also commend to you Craig and Linda. We commend to you Devin and, and Joy and, and Melody and Bob. We remember to you Alicia and Obi and Mary and Chad and Charles and Marianne and Paul and Tomas and Mitchell and Beverly and JoLynn and Sadie. We commend to you Baldo and, and Christy and Lucille and Carol and Earl and Seal. For Chris and Bonnie and Jim and Bob and Russ and Marion and Anne. For Lydia and Carol and Rhonda and Marie and Donna and Billy and Ruth and Cammie and Dave and Kim and Mary and Marge and Randy. Lord, just a, a few of the many names and faces that are on our hearts and minds today uh, as we approach your altar of grace. Um, those scattered in our communities, we know gathered by your spirit and around the word that these prayers are heard by you uh, to your glory and for the good of those whom we pray. But we pray also for ourselves this day, and we'd be remiss, Lord, uh, not to ask you uh, to remove those chains, uh, to break those things in the past, uh, Lord, that, that keep us from running the race you have set before us. And perhaps we've already found that freedom and, and we feel that lightness of step as, as the Apostle Paul does and, and we can praise you and, and thank you for that. And if that's the case, Lord, we're grateful and thankful. And yet we continue to pray that perhaps as Paul is an example to Timothy, we might be an example to someone else. And in those relationships we have with others, you'll connect us to someone who needs to know of the freedom that can be found in Jesus. But if we're struggling to let go of the past, if we're struggling to see ourselves as you see us, we pray, Lord, perhaps you'll send someone into our life who can be our Paul, who can be an example to us and, and help us work through this process of, of seeing ourselves as you see us, of recognizing the deep love that you have for us and the forgiveness that Jesus has won for us. And so, Lord, free us to run this race that is before us. Help us keep our focus on the future right? Our feet firmly planted in the present, whether it's us individually or congregation, looking you for uh, to guide us uh, along the way. So we're grateful for that. We commend you also this opportunity and this new partnership, uh, we, which we have um, with the American Prosperity Fund, uh, this opportunity to, to extend, uh, Lord, uh, to our neighbors, um, this gift of food, where will you take this, Lord, in the months to come? We pray you bless the efforts of Santa Cruz and Pastor Beto uh, to connect with our Spanish-speaking friends and neighbors. May you be glorified through it, and may our neighbors know of our love for them. 
So we commend ourselves to you and to your care. Lord, for the many prayers left unspoken, for the prayers spoken, recognizing you hear those prayers, you answer them in your time and in your way to our good and your glory. And we would ask nothing else. So remember us then in your kingdom as we each pray together the prayer your son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We now continue our service uh, with the portion of the sacrament, this table of grace and belonging. And uh, don't forget that if you need to order your communion kits, uh, just contact the office and uh, we'll make them available to you. All right. We're going to continue with the preface, which is found on page seven of your service folder. Would you join me in this responsive? The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Uh, lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. Take and eat the body of Christ given for you. Take and drink the blood of Christ shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And now may this very body and blood of our Lord and Savior strengthen and encourage you and want your faith and continually remind you of God's love for you. Go with his peace, his blessing, and go in his great joy. Amen. <coughs>
pray with me. Jesus, Savior of the world, at the cross, we can place it all there, leave it behind, and find freedom. So as we head out into the week, Holy Spirit, make us attentive to your leading and break those chains that keep us living in the past. And all God's people say, Amen. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. We close uh, with our hymn, 744, Amazing Grace. Amen.